All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Diggy A2 podcast. This series is called The New Class. I'm your host, Rob Diggy, a.k.a. Rob D, B.K.A. Rob D, and the place to be. Now, uh, on this next journey, as we go through the new class, the new class, as I mentioned to you all earlier in previous episodes, is when we interview independent artists in different parts of their career. So we've had the pleasure of talking to Hida Castro, James Worthy. Uh, we got to talk to Young Bleed a couple weeks ago. And now I get the pleasure of talking to International Nova. Now, if you don't know who International Nova is, that is your fault, not mine. International Nova is a phenomenon. He had an album dropped in 2013 called A Point of No Return. I don't know if you all have listened to that. Go back and check it out. It's dope. It's right over here off to my right hand, left hand side over here. That album down here in this lower hand corner. Go check it out. Go look for it on iTunes. Go download it. Uh, one of the songs that I like the most off there, he probably going to laugh when I tell him this, is Manches and Armaduras uh, with Tony Sunshine. That song is dope as fuck, bro. Like, that. that's the shit. Uh, and then he kind of went on a... Uh, a musical break in a sense for a couple of years you know life happens but he was still recording still working still moving but working behind the scenes a little bit and then he started to come out with a little bit more music so some of the other songs that you may have heard him have is favorite girl featuring hero which was dropped in 2018 another one is called freak from 2018 as well which kind of does a, a flip sample of dina howard's uh, freak uh, i think it's called freak like me for the old school heads out there and then his current single right now is called Controller, which is the one behind me here from the island. So Controller's out there right now. You guys go out there, support International Nova, download it. It's a dope song featuring P.D. Pablo, that homeboy from North Carolina. And uh, so International Nova is internationally known for a reason. And he is very well respected within the industry. And he is coming out to hang out with Diggy A2 for the evening. So let me bring him in for them all, you guys, so you all can meet him. So International Nova was good, my big homie. Talk to the people and uh, let them know who you are one more time, man. Diggy, what's up, man? Thank you for that uh, that beautiful introduction. What's up, world? I go by the name of International Nova, man. I'm a Latin hip-hop artist from the Bronx, uh, born and raised in the Bronx, BX till I die. And I'm now residing in Atlanta, man. And, you know, I just want to thank you guys for having me. Diggy, thank you for bringing me on. Dope platform, man. And I'm here, man. Let's get it. Let's get it, man. Let's get it from our hometown, Atlanta, Georgia, man. We talked about that before we tape. Man, like, it's crazy. You be from the Bronx. My family's from New York as well, so I got New York roots, but we moved to Atlanta uh, when I was young, and that's where I get that mix of the Southern style, but the East Coast ear, uh, so kind of where it all comes together. But my roots are in Atlanta, man, so let's jump into it, man. Thank you for coming yeah. on board this evening, and I want to start out with what is the story of International Nova? How did you become International mm. Nova? Mm. Um, well, you know, for me, International Nova was and is, you know, a Spanish kid from the Bronx with a dream, man. Um, right. you know, I, th I I was I was very lucky, um, you know, growing up in projects, growing up in the hood, single parent home, you know, um, which is a, a story that we, we've heard a lot before. Um, but, you know, um, I was I was lucky, man. I, I came out of a really rough area in the Bronx, um, you know, or the South Bronx. And uh, I was just a Spanish kid that fell in love with music, man, you know, from day one. Um, you know, uh, I remember, <laughs> I, you know, the way I kind of fell into hip hop, we lived in this apartment building and there was a guy, this was back in the bootleg days. I was like, oh, six okay, years, okay, okay. Like six years old running around, you know, in, in the building. And we had this, this dude, man, who was uh, selling bootleg tapes and mixtapes and CDs. Okay. And 
he would <laughs> he would store the stuff in the basement of the building of the project building and you know a lot of the kids knew this but only me and like one of my friends had enough balls to go in there and break into the stuff <laughs> and so we broke into the guy's uh locker or whatever the hell it was closet and um i remember what i what i grabbed was tupac me against the world dope and, um that started my love for hip-hop and my love for tupac um and the outlaws and that's how I started my musical journey. It's you know, at six years old, um, me against the world. That's you know, what's up. And, and that's an exceptional it, album. What a what a way to start yeah, your hip hop yeah. career, yo. Exactly, right? And then from there, um, teenage years, you know, got became really close friends with Tony Sunshine. Okay. Uh squad. And he kind of took me under his wing. Um, and you know, that's how my industry journey started, you know what I mean, from learning from him. And uh, fast forward, you know, years later, I'm, I'm here now. I've toured internationally, have number one records in different countries. I've, I've been, I've been blessed, bro. I've been blessed. I feel you, man. And 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 from listening to your music, um, I love the way that you are able to take your life experience and put it into sound and put it into art. Oftentimes, when I talk to different artists, it's it's uh, it's nothing different than what an artist does and what a painter does. To me, it's the same exact analogy yeah, where yeah. you paint a picture. You know what I'm saying? Whereas an artist thinks of it as words on paper, you put it together and you present it to the world, right? So it's yeah. not nothing different than what a, what a painter does, you know what I mean? So I love your music, man. Uh, I've been a fan since 2013, man. I heard your stuff back then and I was like, yo, like you kind of, I almost thought you fell off, but now we're talking about you, uh, or talking to you rather, you know, about that gap. So now I understand like you were still working, just, you know, yeah. had to take a different route for a little bit. And I get it, brother, I, I get it. Life happens and you got to turn left for a little bit before you can turn back right, I get it. I understand that man so i salute to you for that uh and then the next area that i want to go into is about life and legacy so what mm -hmm. is something that you've learned from your life that will contribute to your legacy um nothing is given everything is earned you know um i think it's something we touched on earlier just behind the scenes that yeah. you know um i've never asked for a handout i've never wanted a handout i wanted to work for for everything that i that i got um, and I think I've been very lucky in this industry that um, people respected my grind. You yeah. know, before I became International Nova, I was just this kid trying to be a rapper, right? Trying, trying to sing. And um, I was just very lucky that I had a sponge for a brain and I've always wanted to learn. And I wanted to learn on my own and, and not have to depend on somebody to give me something yeah. and to live and teach me, you know, the game. I learned by watching, by observing, by YouTube, you know what I mean? Things like that. And uh, for me, you know, it was all about earning, earning my way, my keep. And so for me, that's the one thing that I learned in life growing up in the hood. You know, you're not going to be handed anything. You know what I mean? You have to really uh, watch, learn, observe the streets, know how to navigate the streets. And it's the same thing in this industry. Yeah, I feel you, man. And what I tell people all the time, too, is... Uh, you know, I'm a college educated man, but I wasn't always the smartest guy in the room, nor do I ever want to be, nor do I need to be. However, I will yes. outwork your ass. I will outwork you. I will out hustle you. Like, I don't have to be yeah. the smartest cat, but when it comes to work ethic and gaining people's respect is what one of the things that I want to, you know, uh, kind of pursue in, in life. And that's what I want to have for my own legacy is my work ethic. Yeah. I want my work ethic to speak for itself. Like, I mean, I want, I want people to be like, you know what, man, that dude Rob, man, like, he wasn't the smartest cat, but he'll work his ass off. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's but what I you want. Know what? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the one thing that I tell everybody 
two things that I always tell people. You can't teach. You can't teach work ethic. Yep. And you can't teach the ear. You know what I'm saying? Right. Certain people have that ear, like a ditty. Yeah. And certain people don't have that ear. And that's not that's not something you can teach. It yeah. really is. And that's the same thing for for having drive, having hunger and, and, and work ethic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think on top of to your point, uh, I would throw maybe uh, another element into that is professionalism is also a, a yeah. forgotten. Yeah. Oh, my God, man. Like it's, a, it's like a forgotten uh, uh, attribute in a sense of nowadays. Right. It's like, you know, I was in the military, so I was trained to be on time or if, if on time is late. So I'm always 10 minutes early. I got, got my stuff ready, ready to go. And like what happened to basic professionalism, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, why can't we yeah. get it right? I'm saying we as a people, it's all of us, you know what I mean? Black and brown folks, why can't we get it together? Why can't we be on time for things, man? Like, come on, yeah. bro. Like, can't yeah. we just learn basic professionalism? Like, but that's another story for another time, man. But yo, I just want to talk to you about your life and legacy, man. And like, it seems like you're very knowledgeable and you're very short years. Um, you yeah. learned a lot. You've been around the industry, which brings me to our next bucket of discussion, which is my favorite topic. And that is what this podcast is about. And that is hip hop. So International Nova, what is your take on the current state of hip hop in 2021? How do you feel? How do you feel? Are we in a good state right now? Or what do you think? <laughs> um, I'm going to answer that in a real simple way. Okay. Right? How do I feel about hip hop? Or what do I feel about hip hop? I am now doing Latin music full time. Mm. So that answers um, the question. <laughs> yeah. You know. Don't 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 get me wrong. I think that what I do is a fusion of Latin and Afro and hip hop and R and B. And but I, I just feel like you know, and I'm not going to do what everybody does and, and, and kind of talk shit about different different forms of hip hop. Yeah, I just I just hate the fact that there's no originality. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm young. You know, what I'm saying I'm not as 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 old as a lot of these artists, so it's different for me. But I was raised to value music. I was I was lucky enough to be around legends from since I was a kid, so I know what talent is, right? And I know what quality music is, and that's one of the things that I try to uh, portray in my music, right? It's, it's quality music, and I think that a lot of times we as artists, um, and I say we because that's this whole creative uh, absolutely, we sometimes um, lose sight of that. We want to put music out and it's quantity over quality at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So Nova, who's, who's responsible for this? Like how does hip hop get to where it is now? Let me set the, the, the foundation for my question. And that is, do you feel it's the record label or is it just the industry in general that has created what we now know as hip hop? So is it because we're trying to chase trends or are we afraid to step out and be original and, you know, showcase our originality? So who's, why are we here? How do we? Who's responsible for our current state of hip hop? In your so opinion? like everybody, everybody plays a part in that, man. From the labels to the artists, the indie artists now, right? Right. But also to the fans, right? Because if the fans demanded a better quality product, and then you have to give them a better quality product. Yeah. You know, I'm a Knicks fan, right? <laughs> the Knicks have sucked for the last ten years. <laughs> We've been demanding a better product. Yeah. We haven't got it. And because we haven't got it, we stopped going to games. We stopped watching the Knicks. Um, don't get it, you know, don't get, don't get me wrong. They're still, I think, the most uh, uh, economically popular team in the league. Right. They make the 
most money, but we as New Yorkers have stopped supporting the Knicks because yeah. we're not quality product. Um, and I think the same thing happens in music, man. I think that, you know, yes, the artists, we are accountable. Uh, as a fan of, of music, I think that we are also accountable. You know what I'm saying? We got to hold these these artists to better quality, man. Uh, I, I I would definitely agree. Um, you know, and one of the reasons why I got into podcast in Nova was for that specific reason. Like I wanted to tell the story of hip hop, and in order for you to tell the story of hip hop properly and correctly, you have to go back in time and give homage to the big homies that laid the foundation for all of this. You know what I'm saying? Back to the 80s, back to Run DMC, LL Cool J, Kumo D, and Public Enemy. Like you have to be a student of what they did, you know what I mean, to get to where we are, to fast forward, you know, to the 90s and the 2000s and the 20 teens. And like, you have to know, like there was a, a hip hop lineage before you got here. And my yes. point being, if somebody put out some trash music, right? <laughs> Back in the day, like, I, I think, you know, we'll take Tupac for instance, like we'll pick on Pac for it. I love Pac, rest in peace to Tupac, mass yep. salute to Pac, but I guarantee, that if Tupac heard some whack ass stuff on the radio, you're gonna know about it. You know what I'm saying? He was gonna let you know, like, yo, that shit yeah, is yeah. whack. He's gonna call you out. But it seems like no one is a standard bearer anymore. And it's, it's kind of gotten away from it. And I like the I like the new sounds of hip hop. I like where the direction is going. Uh, and we're kind of getting back to the, the social part of hip hop. You know what I mean? Like we're getting back to, hey, we're talking about what's going on in the street. I love that. It's all about, it is about the flashiness. I get that as well too, but we're seeing some elements of where, you know what? Like we have a platform, we have a voice and we're gonna talk about, you know, what's going on in the black and brown community. We're gonna talk about police brutality. We're gonna talk about the social injustice. We're gonna start talking about these things and bring yeah. them back to life. So I did see a lot of that um, in 2020, but I definitely wanted to get your take on that. And I, and I appreciate your perspective on that because you as an artist, you know, you're, you're a gatekeeper. You may not under, you know, may not realize it, but you're a gatekeeper as well. The music you put out, you want to make sure it's quality, going, mm -hmm. don't want to put out any trash. And I would hope that the, your team around you, you know, if you put out something and you're like, yo, this is fire, man. And somebody's like, nah, nah, that's, that's not it. Yo, like, nah, yeah, that's, yeah. Not it. that's not it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's something else. It's got to something else. So, you know, you got to have people around you that's talking to your ear, like, like, yo, man, like, that's not it. Let's let's go a different route. You know, I don't know if that's that's the one, but I think that's yep. you know having to your point, you know, the team around you and being creative and not trying to, you know, follow everybody else's footsteps, man. It's already been done. There's already been these rappers. Let's do something different. That's what was so great about the '90s. But we'll talk about that another day. We'll we'll let that. We'll let <laughs> no, that. I mean that's real talk, though. I mean, you know, um, as as I said, you know, as artists, we have our own responsibility as fans of the music as well because i'm a fan of music right yeah i also hold other artists to the same um you know quality that i hold my own music to you know what i mean yeah. and we have to as a people as a creative batch of people put out good quality music man you know and speaking of quality music so what are two songs nova that you have heard another artist do and you were like damn man i wish i'd have did that man like you're often service here sometimes like you have an idea but someone beat you to it or a song and you're like damn that was dope man i gotta i gotta give you props for that what are two songs that do that for you um i'm a fan of sway lee man i think sway lee does some really dope creative stuff m melody wise like i'm yeah. really big melodies and melodic uh transitions um i'm actually you know when they first came out, I wasn't a big fan of Ray Scrimmer's music. Yeah. Uh, I just, I didn't get it at the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
But as he kind of became more into his solo thing um, and, and how he kind of fuses a lot of these different elements uh, into his music, I was like, yo, he's really dope with melodies, man. Um, same thing with Drake. Like, yeah. you know, you can hate on Drake all you want. That dude is a melodic king, yeah. you know, and, and music is about melodies. And when you when you as an artist make music for um, consumption, right, it's things that have to stick out on these records that are going to make the fans want to sing along to the record yeah. that gives it repeat value. Melodies do that. And Drake is a king at the melodics, melodic transitions, melodic sonic of the record, which is, you know, a lot of that is 40. Um, you know, shout out to 40 because I'm really big. 40. We're up. We're up, man. There's an engineer that props. Um, but for me, those two artists, I really can't pinpoint a certain record. Okay. Um, but this is who they are as an artist. Their catalog, to me, is kind of more important. But um, those would be the two artists that I, I would say. Drake, I got to give him his props. And Sway Lee, I think he's very melodic. He's not a singer by any means, um, but his singing songs and his those tracks where he's actually singing on it yeah. are very melodic. Yeah, I agree, man. Rhythm, uh, you know, when when rhythm meets the right, um, you know, not necessarily the words, but the the right lyrics. When rhythm and lyrics meet and combine, like it's it's dope. When it makes that that catchy, like the you know, like one of the you know uh, Drake songs I like. And I'm a huge fan of Drake. You no, know, shout out to Drake, man. I've been a fan mm -hmm. of Drake for the past ten years, and and I'll be on the record saying that. Sway Lee as well too. Shout out to Ray Sherman as well too. I love them brothers. Um, they get you up and want to dance and bounce and party, yeah. have a good time. You know what I'm saying? But Drake has a, a way of putting songs together that is unmatched in the past 10, probably 10 plus years. I'm just going to put it out there. Like yeah. everybody knows how to make music and stuff, but Drake, like he's masterful at it, but he wasn't at first. Like he kind of grew into his own in the beginning. Yeah. He was kind of figuring yeah. things yeah. out. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like he jumped out there gonna... with the man, you know what I mean? Like. If I'm gonna be honest, his first few records um, was trash, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like, like you brought up my my 2013 album. When I hear that album, I cringe sometimes. I like it though, bro. But, I like it. Me, it's like I hear I hear the growth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you know, music is subject, right? It's subject to who's who's listening to the music. True. Um, so True. It's subject. And people tell me all the time that we love that album. I mean, the album sold out. That album sold out every single store. Fye, Target, Walmart. Yeah. Every single store is sold out, but because of where I'm at as an artist now, yeah. when I hear some of those songs, I'm like, oh man, I could have did it so much, but it was dope. Yeah, it was dope. But as an artist, I'm at a different elevation in, in my sound. Right. So some of those things that I tried on that album, I wouldn't try today. Right. But, um, you know, I do know that uh, what I did and what I've been doing as an artist and what I did with that album at the time in 2013 was big for the Bronx right. because, right. um, I'm I'm one of the very few, and actually, I think Tony Sunshine told me this one time. Shout out to my brother Tony. Word. He said, bro, you're one of the few artists that actually is from the Bronx and put out a real album in stores under a label. Um, you can go to Target and buy the damn album. You know what I mean? You can go to Best Buy and buy the album. Not too many people can actually say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Damn, you're right. Like, yeah, man. And, you know, to this day, like people always hit me up and they're like, yo, like you really you you rep the Bronx and and by that we mean like you hold the Bronx down and not to yeah. people can see that. So you know I appreciate that. But um I was gonna say another artist too is uh on the Latin side, Daddy Yankee, man. Oh, I think that man. Daddy Yankee, what he's done for for reggaeton and just Latin music and the fact that, that dude is still a problem music. I'd be like, yeah. yo, how 
dude still sound like he like like he's still 18 years old yeah man he's he's a problem yeah yeah no doubt shout out to daddy yankee if i ever get him on a platform like i'm gonna be starstruck for that real dude is a, like, that dude. like yo he's a superstar man so yeah, nova man. talk to me man about the this crazy music industry that you are a part of, right? So what is it like to navigate through the industry and how do you navigate it now as an indie artist? Do you have an advantage? Are you at a disadvantage? How is it being an indie artist in the industry for you? That's a good question. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, I've been on both sides of the plate. I've been a signed artist. Now I'm an indie artist. Um, it really depends on where you are at as an artist. Okay. And by that, I mean, if you're an artist that's already been established, right? Like, if you think back to, remember with E1 or Koch? Mm -hmm. They would take all those big mainstream artists that uh, no longer wanted to be signed to a major because they wanted a bigger cut. They went to, that was their independence, and they were killing the game. You had Fat Joe's, Jim Jones um uh dipset cam yep. um a lot of little wayne a lot of different artists went and did deals with Koch, and it was because they was already established they didn't need the big label behind them they didn't need that promotional marketing budget you know what i mean they already had a name so it was easy to sell their, their, their product right um that's kind of how i kind of look at things now right because as a new artist i think the internet has made it super easy to put your music out there but you still have to market that. You still got to put it in front of people. Yeah. Now, if you're popping on Instagram and all these different social media platforms, then that's how you do it nowadays, right? Uh, versus back then, it was a TV ad or yep. billboard outside. Mouth. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. What am I, of course? Yeah. Um, so for me, as an artist who's had some success, uh, it's a little easier. And because I do have a big social media following, it's a little easier. But I also see it from the brand new artist point of view on that damn it's hard yeah. right it's it notice when there's a million people trying to sing and trying to rap and you know fake followers and views and fake album sales you got to deal with all that yeah. um it, it can be crazy man it can be a topsy uh turvy uh, uh world if you don't really know how to navigate um you have to have really business oriented people around you that understand the business um and you have to have a love for the music because I think a lot of artists sometimes get into this industry for the wrong reason. Yeah. And you can kind of weed that out and see that really quickly. Um, and I think that if you come in for the wrong reason, the industry would chew you up and spit you out. No, that, that's that's definitely fact. And even as as a podcaster, right? I'm a podcaster. Yeah. And like, you know, we had a conversation before we aired, you know, <laughs> I'm not an artist. I never was an A&R, never was a part of a label. I am just a fan of the music. I would do this shit for free. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, would, I, I wouldn't even care about like making money because I love doing this, man. Like, I, I have a passion for for music and talking about music and, and you know, making sure that I, I, I am a gatekeeper of, of hip hop. You know, I feel like a, a you know, one of them old, old OGs in a sense. I'm 40, 42 years old, man. Like I'm an old school head, but I'm right in the middle. So I'm not old, you know, mm -hmm. per se, you know, just to some, but I'm not, I'm not young either. So I'm right, like kind of stuck in the middle, like, like, you know, kind of like yeah. how uh, J. Cole said with the middle child, that's who I am. Man. I'm right, I'm right in the middle of those two worlds where I got ears on both sides, but, 
But yeah, man, like, you know, you got to have a love for what you do. And it does show when you do not have the love for what you do, when you're just putting out stuff, just putting out stuff, putting out stuff, just to make a quota for the record label. And people like, yo, yeah. like, didn't you just drop a, like a song last week? Like, why are you dropping all this music? You know what I mean? And people, and that's going to show, you know, like, to, to your point, you know, that you got to have a love for the music, got to have a love for the culture, whatever culture that you decide to do music in. And yeah, it definitely does come down to that. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, it's not not rocket science, right? It's just simple. Either love what you do or you don't. So it's, you know, it's kind of kind of simple, actually, you know what I mean? But uh, so with that in mind, with those different um, styles that are out there in music, how would you describe your music to someone? Someone who has never heard International Nova's music before. How would you sit them down and describe your music? Uh. You know, not to sound corny, but international. Um, <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, and, and you know, I feel like within the last year, two years, it's really made a turn for that market, right? Because a lot of people don't realize my name really is Nova, right? But the international originally came from because uh, when we dropped our first few singles under the group Street Corner that I was in that I started, we were really big in Germany. We were really big in Japan, Switzerland, the Netherlands. We had number one records out there. And that's where the international part of my name came from. Nice, nice. Even though we did hip hop, um, it was international because we were popping over, over those places. Okay. Now it's international because my music really incorporates a lot of international type of music, whether it's like reggaeton and Afro and dancehall. Right. Um, you know, or Indian sounds and my beats and, and things like that. Like, um, it's really a gumbo of different styles. Like, even controller. Like, I'm singing on controller, but then I'm also rapping on controller. Mm -hmm. And then I'm rapping in English and in Spanish. Yeah, Spanish, yes. um, yeah. And then I'm singing in English and Spanish. You know, so for me, and then it's kind of like, is it a reggaeton record or is it an Afro record? You know? Yeah. And that really my 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 sound and i feel like that's what kind of makes me unique in the latin market because i'm fusing everything i'm fusing hip-hop which is my first love right. i'm fusing latin reggaeton records i'm fusing my culture i'm fusing um afro i'm fusing you know um trap and and all these different sounds and then it's kind of like just mixing it up and letting it stick on the wall and yeah. however that sticks on the wall is what the record is. Um, and, you know, I don't have a one word answer to describe people from my music other than it, is it really is international. So with that in mind, so you take all your catalog, as you mentioned, you crumble it up, you throw it against the wall, it sticks to the wall. What two songs do you pick out and say, you know what? This is these two songs are what International Nova is about. So what two songs would you have somebody <laughs> sit down and listen to and be like, all right, all right, here's all my stuff on the catalog on the wall, but I want you to listen to uh, these two particular songs that describe okay. my music. Okay. Which, which two do you pick out for them? Mansion and Automars, gotta be one. All right, um, that song is I'm dope, a, by the way. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. That song is dope. I'm, I'm a watch fanatic, so, um, you know, Mansion and Automars, of course, featuring Tony Sunshine. All right. Um, and Controller, you know, um, being my newest record, being where I'm at now as an artist. Um, but it fits me because if you listen to my music, you know, I, I know my strengths, right? I shine the most on female records and on party up-tempo dance records. Right. Those are those two records, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and Mars is for the ladies. Um, you know, my, my voice, my tone shines on that. Controller, same, same thing, up-tempo, dance, sexy. 
um, those two records, you know, definitely um, kind of uh, define who I am. Although I will say this, one of my favorite records on Point of No Return was a record that I did for my mom. Okay. Um, that I dedicated to my mother. Um, that's actually one of my favorite records off that album, and it's probably the slowest tempo-based record on that album. Yeah, I think it was um, toward the end, or I think it was toward the toward the latter part of the album, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was like, it was like the last. That. But I do remember yeah, I mean, hearing it though. That album had nineteen songs. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was long. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, but <laughs> but um, the funny thing is, I felt like that album didn't feel like it was super long even though it was 19 songs and that, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. so those two songs, Mansion Auto Mars, Controller, featuring Pete Pablo, um, I think those two records define um, me and my sound. Okay. Um, and before I forget, I also want to say rest in peace to my brother, Fred the Godson, who was also on my, my, my album, Point of No Return. Uh, he and I did a record with my mother, brother and best friend, uh, Christian Dior. Um, you know, F Up The Party, that was um, a dope record. Yeah. We got an amazing video for that. We had so much fun. Um, and we just lost Fred to the coronavirus. So, you know, big up and rest in peace to, to yeah, Twin and, um, you know, rest in peace, Fred the Gossam. Yeah, man. So speaking of Controller, let's talk about that for a minute. So what was the, what's the concept of Controller? And then let's talk about Controller and beyond. So what are yeah, some of the yeah. future projects? What do you have, what do you have on deck or what can you speak about? Well, let's start with Controller first. Talk about Controller. Yeah. How did that get, how did that get put together? Um, how did you meet, uh, link up with PD Pablo? And then let's yeah. talk about the future. What does the future hold for you as well? So Controller was actually the second record, the second record I cut for this album. Okay. Um, what, what started that record actually was um, I heard the beat. You know, the, the producer sent me the beat and it reminded me of a old Wayne Wonder record. Mm, okay. Okay. And, uh, you know, when I was a part of Street Corner, we actually opened up for Wayne Wonder a couple times and um, Egyptian, um, which is, a, again, dance hall, Afro dance hall, style. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, yo, this record reminds me of that. And I started coming up. I remember I was getting my hair braided at the time and I'm like literally sitting right here in you know, my office and I was coming up with the words and the melody. And, and the, you know, the way I do my music is I come up with the melodies first okay. and then I put words to the melodies. And I was like, yo, okay. I had the first half of the hook got the second half and I was like, yo, you know, I got, I got a full blown studio in my house. So I was like, I got to go downstairs. Here's half braided. I'm running downstairs to, to record the vocals. Yeah. And by the time I finished doing the hook, I already had half of the verse in my head. Um, and, and, and literally my, the record just was done in like 20 minutes. Uh, the record was completely finished, mixed and mastered. Um, and I, I was working with Petey Pablo at the time. You know, I met Petey Pablo through Bone Crusher. Okay. Um, and PD became like, you know, just a big brother to me. Um, he was recording him and Bone Crusher's album at my, at my studio at the time, um, which, you know, it's a top secret project as well. But, no, uh, no. you know, PD was like, yo, I want you to produce my whole album. You know, I was like, let's do it. And in the midst of us cutting like three or four records for his album, he's like, yo, so what's up? Let me get on one of your records. And I was like, bro, I'm doing Latin music. He's like, so what? I got, you know what I mean? Like, l let me hear something. So I sent him controller. And I had asked him like 30 minutes later, yo, what do you think? And he's like, I'm about to send you the vocals right back now. And I'm like, what? I was like, bro, it's only been like 30 minutes. And he's like, yeah, I'm done. I was like, what? Okay. That's so bug, yo. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's a dope song, you guys. You guys go support International Nova. Go check out Controller. Yeah. Go download it. Go support that, man. That song is fire, yo. It's, it's fire, man. But what do we have for the future, International Nova? What, what does the future hold? What can you speak about? I know there's certain things that 
or project you're working on that got to be on the hush hush i got it so what can you leak out right now to the to the fans so i'm i'm not gonna lie to you like i'm so excited about this point in my career my music um i'm having so much fun creating right now yeah uh you know and, and creating this little gumbo of of latin music that i'm doing um so right now the album's completely done shout out to gabe acosta who produced the entire project um, he is the 40 to my drake um <laughs> my brother and man he's like i think he's he's on a flight to la as we speak to do some big records for some other people um but the album is done right now we dropped a controller um the, the record is doing amazing by the way um we're in the midst of about to shoot the video for controller. Um, Corona kind of pushed things back. Yeah. And then we're getting ready to drop my new single, which is called All The Way. Okay. Uh, it was a, a, a dope vibe, man, of a record. Um, that's going to be coming out most likely early early to mid-March. Okay. Uh, okay. We're going to be starting shooting the visuals for that as well uh, within the next two weeks or so. Okay. Um, and then I am also doing a reality show right now um, that's based on latinos in the game um from the producers of black ink and love and hip-hop new york nice uh, e jones nice. yeah yeah and, and some other producers so it's 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 really big um i'm not gonna say the name just yet because okay. i think the name is actually gonna be changed um but we've already been shooting a couple episodes i actually just got back from new york today um shooting another some some footage um so that is something i'm excited about you know, um, I kind of shot away from doing uh, reality shows uh, because of just the craziness that goes on in that. Yeah. Um, but this is something that I think is dope for the culture. It's dope for our people. Yeah. Um, has some really dope people on it, like, like myself. Um, you know, Mariah Lynn is a part of this project. Stevie Nunez. Um, you know, Anais is also a part of the project. Nice. Um, my boy Jay Music, who is a, a phenomenal industry writer he's writing for some big people in the industry um so it's gonna be super dope man it's coming soon it's actually we're about to choose the network i think within the next two weeks okay uh, and yeah man like you know i'm also about to shoot a movie um so you know one thing i'm doing in 2021 is uh no time off man i'm, I'm really going hard this year um 2020 showed me that life is short we're losing people left and right yes, sir. Uh, so you know um I'm just really working, man. I'm really excited. I can't wait for people to hear this album. Um, it's, it's, it's a very close circle of people that actually heard this project and everybody loves the project. So I'm excited to put it out there and see what the fans think. I think that if they loved Controller, they're going to love this album, man. That's what's up, man. And I will definitely be peeping in. I'm going to be downloaded. I'll be waiting on it. Yeah, uh, yes. And our fans and listeners and followers and supporters will support you as well, International Nova. But it is time to wrap up our conversation, my good dude. And in Diggy A2 fashion, we end our shows with shout outs. So, homie, who are your shout outs going to, my good oh, sir? Oh, man. Um, once again, rest in peace, Fred the Godson, right. uh, Gemini from Men at Large. Um, you know, rest in peace, Ex Ecstasy from Houdini. Ecstasy, Houdini, I yes, had, sir. Yeah. I had the chance to meet Ecstasy a few times through my brother, James Worthy. Um, you know, Ecstasy is a legend. Houdini's a legend in the game. Um, you know, so uh, beyond that, definitely my team, man. Shout out to my, my production team, the Society. I just started a brand new production team. Me and my partner, Keys the Mogul, Grammy-nominated producer. Nice. Uh, you know, King, um, who is an amazing artist, King Music official. Um 
you know, we, we started our own production company here in Atlanta. We're doing a lot of records for a lot of big artists in the game. So I want to shout out to my team, my right. management team, um, and really, really just the fans, man. Um, like you said, I, I took some time off after putting out my, my debut album, a successful debut album. Not many artists kind of take time off after that. I did to deal with life. Um, and these last couple of years, man, from putting out my first single three years later to being my first Billboard charting record, um, you know, we charted four weeks straight um, with that record wine for me um, to now where I'm at now in music. You know, um, I always say if I had one person that was a fan, I'm happy yep. um, and I have a lot more than one person. And, and I don't take that for granted, man. And I don't take my platform and my voice for granted either. So um, really the fans, man, for supporting that. That's my that's biggest shot. That's what's up, man. So, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you International Nova. Nova, thank you for hanging out with me this evening. Yes. Brother, we wish you all thank the success. Thank you, bro. And everything coming your way, man. We're going to be listening to you, pushing all your stuff forward whenever we get our hands on it. But that's all that we have for this evening. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll reach out to you all in a couple of weeks. And as always, shout out to all our fans, followers, and supporters. And as always, shout out to hip-hop, hip-hop music, hip-hop culture. All right? We'll see you guys next time. All right? One double zero. Peace.